Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, you find us on day five of Wimbledon 2022 atop the broadcast roof. We are adjacent to the ticket resale queue, which is still quite bustling, really. I assume most of those in the queue are waiting to get on court number one, where the scheduled matches have completed, and they've completed in good time. It's only 7pm, and they have put a bonus mixed doubles featuring Jamie Murray and Venus Williams. Working title, Genus. Hmm. Thoughts and feelings? Yes, I've been thinking about that since you ran it by me a few minutes ago. I like it. It's a little bit biological. Sort of. <laughs> oh, kingdom, genus, mm. class order, family... With no, kingdom, phylum, class order, family, genus, species. Nailed it. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, but I like it. I can't think of a better one. David? Do we have to have one? I, I can, oh, yeah, yeah, you're I'm, not a big fan, I'm are you? I'm really not into them. Unless and you've created it. Yeah. I am. For a, I quite like it for a mixed double, for, you know, for a fun one-time pairing. Although I didn't like Onsrena. Is that yeah. what it was? Onsrena? Onsrena? Venus and Jamie is fine. Okay. Uh, right, there yeah. we go. Certainly where I would be if I were in the resale queue. That's a great yes, ticket. Yes, absolutely. As we come to you, Cameron Norrie is two sets to love up on Steve Johnson on centre courts. So there could be a way to go for that one. But if you want some, some guaranteed fun times, I would say court one is the place to go. All other scheduled singles matches have been completed. And for the, for the big, big names, plain sailing. And by that, I mean Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz. A couple of medium-sized upsets in the women's straw today. Angelique Kerber, probably the biggest of the lot, will come on to that. But in terms of Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz, it's a, it's a question of who is the more brilliant. And David, you watched a lot of Djokovic. We've watched a lot of Alcaraz. I mean, they were both Make brilliant. your case, David. Yeah. Shall we, shall we Make have your a... case for Djokovic, who, barring a very minor and pointless but lovely little rally from Ketsmanovic at the end was an absolute dismantling yeah it was uh, and it was entirely in keeping with, with what I would have expected mainly because I think it's very difficult for for a compatriot of Novak Djokovic to to really play with any fangs against Novak Djokovic and I'm not saying that Ketsmanovic doesn't have them but it would take a an ex- extraordinary feat of tunnel vision to, to 
block out how much he means to players in that country. And that doesn't mean he can't be beaten. He has been beaten in the past. Ten years ago by Janka Tipsarevich was the last time. But even so, I, I mean, he's 13 years the guy's junior. You know, he was... He was a, a child when Djokovic won his first Grand Slam tournament. But that's dumbing down and reducing the play of Djokovic too much, for, for my liking, from what I saw today. Because he just picked up from where he left off against Tanasi Kokonakis, and he has just... Thanasi Kokonakis, he's just got this timing back that he didn't have in the first match. And I feel, and I, and I realise I'm... I'm at risk of, of committing recency bias here, but I don't think in the other six times that Novak Djokovic has won this title that he played this well in the first week. He he looks like he's in latter stages of second week form. Now, Is that, there any kind of risk to that? Is peaking too early? A, I don't... For, for, for somebody his level, I wouldn't have thought so, but, but I can see why you're asking me that. I, th- I actually think... The biggest risk is the fact that he might have to play play against Carlos Alcaraz, who who has an otherworldly feel to him that makes me think mm. that when Djokovic is applauding opponent shots, which is very good sportsmanship, I don't see him doing much of that if he plays against Alcaraz because the guy's a genuine threat. Mm. Yeah, the, I was watching the BBC coverage um, of this Djokovic Ketsimanovic match, and in the build-up they had a, a Djokovic Djokovic interview, and uh, he described himself as a mentor to Ketsimanovic, which is such a power power. I mean, it's true, but it's also a power move, isn't it? I mean, I just thought, oh, this match is over <laughs> before they've even walked on court, and it pretty much was, quite frankly. And that would be why I was so impressed with Alcaraz today, because I did see Oscar Otto as a genuine threat to him. You know, how come? Just because he's been in such good form on the grass. He's a he's a semi finalist in Stuttgart and in Halle in the last couple of weeks. He's got a grass court game. He likes coming forward. He hits the ball quite flat. He's got nice touch. I just thought if Alcaraz is going to be vulnerable, then Oscar Otto is the sort of player who might make it tricky for him. Absolutely none of that whatsoever. This was the best Alcaraz has played this tournament by far. I've been, I've been lucky to watch all three of his matches. He took it up two or three levels today, I would say. It might have been better than he played at the French Open. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. how good it was well, today. Well, he was scratchy, it wasn't he? It was stunning. And French Open. It was all the hits. It was the drop shots. It was lobs, uh, beautiful lobs, uh, massive forehands, returns at Otter, uh, Otter's feet... And a, and a couple of moments of razzmatazz. Yeah. Describe. Go ahead, Matt. Well, there's, there's one in particular I texted the group about. Yeah, where he hit a forehand winner and he was facing the wrong way. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> just, just not not back. a tweener or a hot dog. A you know, topspin forehand winner. but which, which he hit while sort of twisting back the yeah, right way. He was mid-pirouette. It, it was sort of figure skating combined <laughs> with tennis. Wow. All my dreams come true. <laughs> It was, um, it was. I mean, the, the stats for Otter didn't even look that bad because he wasn't having the chance to make any errors because Alcaraz was ending the rallies bef- before he could. It, I don't think he even played badly. Alcaraz was just that good. Who, who's going to be more? Look, we're, we're all assuming on the basis of today's performances that that they're going to meet in well, that quarterfinal. I wanted to ask they? you but that it's question not a given. because Sinner is 
a threat, isn't he? Yeah, so Alcaraz now, now plays Yannick Sinner, who beat John Isner today in three sets, and Djokovic will face Tim van Rijthoven, who will come on to because he deserves his own whole portion of conversation, <laughs> I think, especially as he's your new Beatrice and admire. But Even though I don't quite know his name. Yet. <laughs> Sinner against Alcaraz is an interesting one, isn't it? Because... I was discussing this with Matt earlier. Sinner has become one of those, from being like the exciting young talent on the scene that you want to catch a glimpse of because he's new and everyone's tipping him and he's a bit different. He's sort of very quickly become the guy that 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 makes it to the fourth rounds or quarterfinals, but that you don't pay attention to until you have to pay attention to him, and that's usually the stage at which he goes out. And that's unfair because that's a data set of very few, very few Grand Slam tournaments because he's still incredibly young. What is he, 21? I think, might not even, I think he is 21, yeah. He's still incredibly young and incredibly talented and that is unfair. But it is just a little bit where we are with him, isn't it? I can't remember the last time we we really talked about Yannick Sinner in the lead up to a slam, certainly not in the last 12 months. Yeah, no, that's, that's right and... Uh... And yet, I think he is a, a real threat to our crowd. And, and I think there are a few reasons, a couple of reasons for that. One, because actually, toe to toe, that's a really interesting matchup that I've yet to see. Is these two furious ball strikers, great movers, both of them. I think it's it's easy to forget just how spectacular the game of sinners is because his, his personality is not like Alcaraz he doesn't own own the court in quite the same way. He's but, not saying his tennis is fun and dynamic. No. But it kind of is dynamic. I don't know whether you'd, I'd describe it as fun, but it's. But his movement is extraordinary. He's a violent hitter, so I'm very interested to see that as a toe-to-toe. And then there's the, the variable of Dan, Darren Cahill, who has all of this experience of picking apart players' games, dissecting, dissecting them both as coach and commentator. What has he spotted in the game of Alcaraz that he might be able to have his man exploit? Fascinated to find out. Yeah, I mean... I'm not necessarily going to chip in on this in a conversation because, honestly, I haven't really seen him any of this tournament because, as I, as I said, he's fallen into that category of I'll pay attention when I need to pay attention. You know, in the first week when there's so much going on that, and now you, that, will. that you need to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, but straight sets over John Isner takes him doing. He, he's not had good results on grass before now, has he? Um, he never won a match. Had he not? No. Blimey. Yeah, it's, it's very Philip Krajinovich, except... That's, that's <laughs> yeah. extraordinary. Mm. Yeah, well, he, he lost, uh, in I mean, he lost to Draper, didn't he? And then mm. in 2020, when he maybe would have um, had some results, there obviously was no grass court season. That, I just feel like his, his movement should work on the surface with that that skier-type foundation and ability to, to bounce out of corners. I, I think that that could be a really exciting match. I think there's a chance that Tim van Rijthoven, who beat Nikolaus Basilashvili today in straight sets, it's his debut slam, by the way. It was his debut tour event three weeks ago, which he, which he won in Sogenbosch. And this is his debut slam, and he's into the fourth round. He is a ridiculous story. I think there's a chance that van Rijthoven against Djokovic is a little bit fun. Totally unknown quantity for Djokovic, a disruptor, nothing to lose. I agree. I think it's going to be good. I think Van Rijthoven 
the very little I know of him, but I've you know <laughs> we've you come to know him. In the I last haven't seen him play. Yeah, I, I watched him in Hertogenbosch. I've never seen him. Yeah, <laughs> I watched him there. He, he's fun. He's got a single-handed backhand. He hits a very sweet ball. He likes coming forward. He said that in in this run of matches he's on, which I think's up to um, eight wins now in a row. I mean, we've never seen this man lose. Yeah, he said that we've never known him to lose. It's never happened in our he, in our tennis consciousness of Tim Van Rijthoven. He said he's only been broken a couple of times in those matches. He's got a big serve. I mean, he's going to have another thing coming when he faces Novak Djokovic's return, of course. Uh, but he likes coming forward. He's a sort of player who, I agree, will make it fun. Is he big? He's, he's not that big. He's got big legs. He's got very strong, powerful legs. Definitely the, the, the biggest tennis Tim. Not big, literally. Um, the biggest Tim in tennis since Tim Henman? Do you know, they were trying to get uh, the Tim com- comparisons going in the press conference today. Were they, what does oh it feel no. like to be Tim I'm at Wimbledon? Oh, God. <laughs> I can't think of another Tim since Tim. I hate Tim myself Henry. all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, he's got no baggage. He's yeah, completely fearless. Crucial, he's on this amazing mm. run. Um, I think I was put on the spot the other week and said that he would probably just be a one-off. But I feel like he's already backed up his his title by, just by getting to the fourth Big round time. who did he beat today he beat Nikolas Basilashvili right, in straight yeah. sets he's beaten five top 30 players in this run you know he's beaten proper players do you, do you, I wonder whether they might put that on court one you know just as a sort of chance well, to we'll, put Djokovic we'll, elsewhere well we'll come on to tomorrow's order of play in due course but they've if ever there was a time to put Nadal on court one tomorrow was probably it and they've elected yeah. not to I suppose in the absence of Murray and the absence of Federer and Serena now there are fewer players to to kind of justify mm. putting putting one of those two on court one now or, mm. or, dim, or not putting them on centre more to the point well the other round four matches that will be in that section of the draw will be Francis Tiafo against David Goffin Tiafo beat Bublik today it was it was a great match a great great match (laughs) you did you did david um tiafo deserves the headlines for this however i would like to mention uh that alexander public hit six underarm serves in one game of that match how did did this manifest itself at what point did he start hitting them because public was two sets love down and borderline tanking Two sets to one down. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, and yeah. then three love down in mm. the fourth set. And it was all spiralling out of control. And in that game, it was, it was towards the end of the game, he, he started hitting them all. He hit six in total. He made two of them. Mm. And he won one point. Yeah. <laughs> and he held serve. Four of them were out. That's unacceptable. Yeah, well, right. there was, was a couple in the net, I think. It was, it and was, that was as much as I found it very good fun and immediately went to find the the highlights reel uh, the mashup of all six of them as soon as I heard about it I I don't think that's doing good things for the reputation of the underarm serve so actually uh, well I think Tiafo he's a good sport isn't he and he likes a bit of showtime but he did say I was I was having to hold on a bit mentally to not get annoyed by this yeah he said basically. he was he said he was getting angry right. um, okay. and I think public Maybe I'm giving public too much credit here. Maybe he was just tanking. But certainly an effect of doing it was that it scrambled Tiafo's mind for a while mm. and actually it threw Tiafo off and got him back into the match. So it wasn't, it wasn't effective in the moment, the actual 
underarm serves didn't work out very well. As I said, he only won one of the six. But it did have the effect of getting him back into the match. So maybe it was a smart thing to do. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too generous. He it did, was fun. He did lose that set and the match, though. Mm. I'm so pleased for Francis Tiafoe. I spoke to him uh, on the eve of Queen's, his first grass court tournament of the season, I think. Um, I don't think he'd played Stuttgart the week before anyway. Um, and I asked him, you know, how do you feel sort of towards the end of the clay court season with the grass looming? And he said, oh my God, I just cannot wait to get off. The-. He said, I'm thinking about grass all the way through the clay court season. And he talked about how gutted he is that the grass court season isn't isn't longer because... You know, you lose you lose one tournament early, and that's half the grass court season early uh, over. And suddenly you're into Wimbledon, and he three, had, I mean, and he, he did. He yeah. lost both of them. He lost Eastbourne as well. Yeah, he did to Bublik. Mm. Yeah, which totally can happen. Yeah, um, you know, because these are because there are so few grass court tournaments. The one that ones that there are sort of densely populated with with top players, and you know, Queens is a 32 draw, isn't it? Anybody can lose in the opening round of Queens. Um, so I'm just so pleased for him that he's been able to make something of the grass court season because I, th- I think it might be his favourite surface. Yeah, I think so. And what I absolutely loved about this match is that in many ways it felt to me like so many matches we've seen on the women's side in the last few years where it was two fun players and yet it felt genuinely quite consequential for the tournament because that is quite an open section of the draw and the winner of that match has got quite a good chance of certainly progressing to the quarters maybe even the semis so well, it felt well, like there was a lot on the line well what, what, what's the gist where so, does it leave them so that section of the draw uh, sees Francis Tiafo now play David Goffin who beats okay. Hugo and Bear today in four sets and then the winner of that will face the winner of Tommy Paul and what's looking like Cameron Norrie yeah so it's a very open section. Look, you wouldn't. I, I would be hard to pick a favourite, really, but everyone's got a chance, and that makes a match like Bublik Tiafo, which you know, if they've just got to face Djokovic in the next round, can sometimes feel amazing in the moment, a lot of fun. But what's it actually doing for the tournament? This just felt big to me, and I think it's a really, really big win for Tiafo, especially from a set down. He competed so well. A bit of business to pick up from yesterday, uh, and that was the match between Jack Sock and Maxime Cressy that was held over um, due to poor light last night. Sock was leading by two sets to love. He did go on to complete victory, uh, and we've met a new tennis player today, and that is Eggy Cressy. (laughs) That's my funniest ever uh, agenda item. He's not a future world number one, I would say, uh, but he is quite a laugh. Okay, well... I, see, I don't think of him as much of a card, so and I didn't no, see this. So nor, what ha- nor did any of us, David. What happened? Um, well, quote on match point: I quit this sport. I quit. Why am I here? <laughs> it's a bit of a departure. He from, was ru- tell you what, I'm, I'm going to have a big run at Wimbledon, <laughs> and I'm going to be world number one one day. He was. I mean, I think I, I wasn't expecting him to express this emotion the way he did, but I. I don't blame him for having the emotion of I've beaten Felix Auger-Eliassime and now I'm losing to Jack Sock. I was having what that is, emotion. What is life? What are you doing? Yeah, what was the point in you beating Felix Auger-Eliassime? Mm. Mm. But 
So I, I <laughs> he's sneaky good, isn't he, Jack Sock? I mean, he should have when he plays well. You know, yeah. he was a top ten player, mm. and 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 he's just completely gone off the rails the last few years. Uh, but here's somebody who a lot of people talk about as one of the best doubles players in the world. And you know, when he's when he's really dialed in, I mean, the the, the he's he's unorthodox. He's slightly and weird to look at, but he's he's actually a really talented bloke. Yes, and I think his doubles skills probably set him up for playing Cressy not that well uh, quite well quite you know well, yeah. he, he's used to having someone come into the net he's got good hands he doesn't he played, mind the pace does he exactly he played some lovely lobs over Cressy even on his backhand and he's, he's got you know a really fast arm on the forehand he can he can hit a shot which is very difficult for Cressy to volley I think with his topspin forehand sort of thinking thinking about it after the event I'm actually not that surprised that Jack Sock won with the matchups but I wouldn't have picked it I just thought Cressy was on a you know crest of a wave he's really earned this though Jack Sock reached the final of the Ilkley Challenger had match point I think in the final of that challenge mm. against Sisu Bergs who oh, ended right. up getting a wild card in here so I think on the back of winning that challenger so perhaps was match point away from getting a Wimbledon wild card ended up having to go to qualifying qualified here and now has reached the third round plays Jason Kubler for a place in week two so he's he's done this the hard way and you know he's perhaps been accused over the course of his career of not wanting enough not preparing being prepared to put the work in so good on him yeah mm. good on him for putting and, this together and he's got a chance I would say in the mixed doubles big chance because he's playing with Coco Goff yes which is a so who did an accidental a reveal of, of who her mixed doubles partner mm. would be on TikTok on TikTok yeah how did you do one of those it was a comment actually it was a very straightforward comment uh, okay. where she was asked who her partner would be and she said an item of clothing <laughs> and I, I thought it could be Matteo Bertini because that means little hat doesn't it but I was overthinking it. And he's not here. Um, so, uh, the only other fourth-round matchup uh, that was decided today that we're yet to discuss, Cameron Norrie. We think it'll be Cameron Norrie as we record. Oh, he's just won. 6-4, 6-1, What a performance that is. Yeah. And, to and get into the second week of a slam for the first time. Okay, good draw. Good, Steve very Johnson, good draw. But the pressure was on Cam Norrie here. He laid out pre-tournament press. My goal is to break my duck reach week two of Islam for the first time he basically said it's about time I did yeah, this yeah. And, and he's and done he, it he's been talking about it for a while hasn't he we spoke to him in Paris and he, he said it's a box I want to tick you know he's just he was so desperate he's done all this stuff in his career that is probably way above what we all expected and yet not reaching the second week of a Grand Slam is a massive great big hole in that in that CV of his uh, and he came into this match Steve Johnson's 93 in the world. He's just beaten another British left-hander. So, you know, I did kind of think, actually, he must be really uh, attuned to what he's going to face today. And that first set was pretty tight. He had breakpoint chances, Johnson, when it was four games all. It was really close. And then at the moment that he got the break, it was a different... I mean, he, he won the next two for the loss of a single game. I commentated on the second set. And, uh, and Johnson had kind of gone. And, you know, you can see that he's... He's one of those players that used to be able to get away with probably a bit more because he's got a big serve and a big forehand, but then he's got a slice backhand, and you know you can't 
really get away with quite as much when you've got a couple of shots and maybe a couple of weaknesses these days I think and, uh, and Norrie exposed those um, and just kept coming and the crowd really really went for him and, uh, and this is you know just as a general feel good for British tennis in the absence of Raducanu and, and Murray to have Norrie through um, with the other results that have gone on it's it's actually quite nice being at Wimbledon from that perspective. And a real marker of how far Cam Norrie has come and what he's made of himself because a couple of years ago you'd have put Cam Norrie and Steve Johnson in the same category of player, I think. They yeah. were both cracking good college players. I think Steve Johnson was... Um, if John McEnroe was to be trusted on the BBC coverage, and we've got no reason not to trust his diligent research, um, he is the most successful college player of all time still really? Steve Johnson yeah something like a 70 match winning yeah just streak. an unbelievable record um, in in the college game and that's not to be sniffed at you know college tennis is serious in the states um, but yeah that was that was Cam Norrie's trajectory as well brilliant brilliant college player was expected to have a similar ceiling um, in the professional game and he's smashed that ceiling um, and yeah I find that just endlessly impressive from Cam Norrie and this this remains a, a big opportunity for him now he plays Tommy Paul in the next round who I love watching on grass Tim Henman's his idol he's spent a lot of time watching Tim Henman videos on on YouTube and I really love that somehow at 25 years old having been um, a top junior player one junior French Open he's making his Wimbledon main draw debut is he? This year. Mm. Wow. He's reached the fourth round. Yeah, because last year he, he had an injury, couldn't play. Obviously, 2020, there was no Wimbledon. And 2019, he lost in qualifying to Yuri Vesely, who he beat today in the third round. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to ask him, actually, in, in press, whether he'd actually been on site at Wimbledon since he played the juniors here in 2015, because obviously qualifying is not held on site. It's, it's in Roehampton. And he's played that a couple of times. Um, but they didn't announce him coming to press, and I, <laughs> I, I got fed up of waiting and went to watch Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he, he handled his opponent in that match today really handily. Yuri yeah. Vesely, wasn't it? And uh, Who's tough. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the, tough. on paper, that's a, I didn't see the match, but that's, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected it to be that straightforward. And I, I know that Cam Norrie's ranked a lot higher than him, but I think that's a 50-50. Mm. Oh, I think so too, for yeah. sure. It, it, yeah, Norrie's ranked higher, but I'd say this is Tommy one of could end up being Tommy Paul's favourite surface, and still probably Cam Norrie's least least favourite. Yeah. Um, could imagine five sets yeah. in a real epic. Um, let's get on to the women's draw because we might be about to be rained on. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, yeah. I just felt one spot I'm, of rain. I'm looking at Our you, Catherine. Our first outdoor record all bloody week because the tennis finishes vaguely on time. I'm about to get blooming drenched. I'm looking at you, Catherine. All I can see is that blue bit over there. <laughs> mm, <laughs> and I just turn, turn around, around and, and look at the other side. Oh, like, my word. I'm again so coming. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We'll... How are MacBook Airs in the rain? Mm. Oh, dear. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> if you hear a clattering. <laughs> well, no, you won't, because we won't be able to edit the thing, and it just won't ever come out. No one will ever be hearing us. If you're hearing us, our technology survives. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The women's draw today. Well, should we talk about the couple of upsets first, starting with Angelique Kerber? I think that was the upset that I definitely didn't see coming today. Maria Sakkari lost fifth seed, but generally speaking, OK, we might not have expected her to lose today to Tatiana Maria, but generally speaking, her losing early-ish, not a huge upset. Angelique Kerber losing to Elisa Mertens, I was surprised by that. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I was in the commentary box on another match at the time, I think the Djokovic match, but I was watching it on the, the monitor in between points because they, they, the sets were really close, weren't they? And, and towards the end of that second set, Kerber had a break. She couldn't hold on to it. I, I just remember watching rallies where she stood stock still in the centre of the baseline, just wailing away with that forehand left-handed forehand of hers trying to put Mertens away just go away she was dominating all these rallies and just not winning enough of them in the end and I mean great credit to to Mertens who just became the wall at the Mm. the, which is kind of Kerber's thing over the years but she was making Kerber miss I think she made Kerber just run out of ideas really didn't she it was a great match though really great hitting and goodness me Kerber's given us some great matches here over the years and look Merton's well deserving of the place in the fourth round, but I was I was eyeing Kerber Jabur. Oh, me too. I was already mm. booking it into my schedule, cancelling everything, yeah. planning my snacks for two days' time. That was going to be, it was going to be, it was going to make not getting a nap on Middle Sunday all worthwhile. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure I'm sure Jabur Merton's will be great. Um, well, if Merton's could play like that today, it could be interesting. I mean, mm. I actually. 
I just sort of feel that the Kerber ingredients with Jabur would have been a, a better one. I think that that would have been made for more mm. more of a match, really. Mertens is playing with house money, if you like, because you save match points in the second round, and we and we always flag a player when they've saved oh, match yes. points. Which feels do like it makes them well, Kerber won a slam more dangerous. Saving match points in round one, of course. Misaki yeah, yeah. Doi, Australian it. Open. Yeah, this was Panna Udvardi. Okay. Um, it was a it was a very very tight match, and she said today that she played so much better against Kerber than she had been in in her previous two rounds. So it will be Mertens against Jabur who beat Diane Parry today in a match that was a lot closer than the scoreline. I think certainly there was a pocket of it which was really interesting and did make me feel latter stages of the first set and early stages of the second that because I think Parry is one of these players that could really become a, a, a someone we're talking about a lot just natural skills wise not just the sort of it's not just the sort of flourish of a single down handed backhand she seems to know what to do with it in other ways the so little chips so it's not just us all being beguiled and seduced by a single handed backhand which I'm the, I'm the first to put my hands up and say yeah, I'm a victim of that. So I remember I. saying Margarita Gasparian was going to be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I would say her, her backhand just looks a lot more compact than someone like Gasparian. And, and she's she's not as tall, so I feel like she's just... She's going to be a good player, I think. Um, and the pressure was on Jabir today. Centre court, first up. I mean, she came out. And Parry was really edgy and nervous and, and kind of handed her a three-love lead. But even so, towards the end of the first set and in the second set, it was just Ons Jabir's showtime. She's, she was hitting... She hits shots that are part designed to win points and part designed to make the crowd gasp. And, and she's not a f- she wants to do that. And it's, you, they really warm to it. They're, I reckon a lot of that crowd didn't know too much about her when they walked in and sat down and and there was a it was a bit detached for the first 20 minutes but as the match went on and particularly because the two of them combined for a, a sort of vibe that was so much more than just hitting balls back and forth there was there was angles and spins and feel and and you could see what they were trying to do to to one another in terms of the tactics but she is a show woman in terms of the way she plays and and yet now you get the sense that it's all focused on winning as well and it's a it's an intoxicating combination and she was brilliant today an absolute joy to to watch play tennis and just confirm for the record david what you said in our whatsapp group chat re jabur and the mix yeah well i mean i still have big doubts because and I said that at the time because I did think she was going to play Kerber and I thought that that could be a real problem for her. Uh, I, I think she'll beat Mertens. And actually looking at the draw with Sakari gone as well, to be honest, it's, it's, a, it's now wide open for, for Ons Jabeur to, to take advantage. She should be reaching the final from, from where she is in, in this draw. She's going to play Mertens and then it could be Garcia or Buskova. Um, and then in the bottom half of that section, I mean, Ostapenko, I watched today, and she came back from a set down against Serena Camellia Bego and then just took off and, <laughs> and just started knocking Bego off the court. So you never know what you're going to get from Ostapenko, but Jabir should be reaching this final. But my, I still, until she does it, I, I have big downs. And I 
so often take that approach as well that I need to have seen it to be able to believe it with with a lot of players and and I would okay I've, I've made a bad Zachary prediction at the start of the year thinking she might win a slam but now it's very obvious to me that Zachary <laughs> is on, nowhere that near that wasn't the whole prediction Matt yeah well it was a it was a bad two-part prediction uh, I also said Sitsipas would win one. I was put on the spot. I went for a fun Greek-themed prediction. It was terrible. It makes me laugh. That the pe- no, no one said it had to be a country-themed <laughs> prediction. Pe- Matt, Matt decided on that But, but you know, I, I just know there are listeners out there who would go, oh, a bold prediction though, Matt. I like it. Because I get loads of messages like this. People sort of congratulating me for making an absolutely appalling prediction that might <laughs> yeah, just be like, a bit like Anyone fun. can make a bad prediction. Very happy to own that it was a terrible <laughs> prediction, but would also welcome all support. Um, <laughs> they could do the double in the States. Yeah, or it's still on. Here. Yeah. It's still on. It's still on. But anyway, over, yeah. I feel like someone like Zachary, because she hasn't, you know, done it at the tour level that much yet, she hasn't, she hasn't progressed that much, I suppose, in the last year. She's, in her career, she has. But she really hit the heights in the slams last year with a couple of semi-finals. And now she hasn't had the slam results this year. I would never, at the moment put her in the mix for a slam but even though Jabir hasn't done it at the slam she is in my mix because of what we've seen on the tour you know Madrid winning that was such a such a big deal I think the way she's just constantly getting to latter stages of tournaments I I wouldn't be surprised if she overcame that hurdle this week that's that that's where I land on her but I do agree with the analysis of needing to see it before you can predict it for most players I really and look you know some people don't like it when we say what we want to happen but I want Jabir to do that because I think it would be wonderful for the sport I think she is just a a joy to to be around and to watch it's a it's a treat to watch her play and I love how openly she's talking about her goals and wanting to win Wimbledon she's got this line that if she wins she'll be the only player to win a Grand Slam and not get any points for it you know she's already <laughs> thought about that you know yeah. and, and, I, and I understand why some players say oh I'm taking it one match at a time but you know from our perspective it's great when Jabir comes out with lines like that and I I, I can't confirm this because it's it's on my list of things to research and I'm I'm not doing it yet because I don't want to jinx anything, but I don't know if there's ever been a Muslim Grand Slam champion in tennis before. I certainly don't know if there's been a Muslim world number one, which, you know, obviously she, she wouldn't she wouldn't get to if she won this tournament. She wouldn't, she wouldn't get anywhere rankings-wise, but she's talking about being world number one. She's already world number two. Um, and even if there has been one before, it, uh, it's still massively significant. It's, it's certainly uncommon. So, and her, her um, embracing... And yeah, the the symbol that she could be. Um, role model is a word that is, you know, thrown around far too much and I'm reluctant to use it, but you know if 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 ever there's an appropriate usage of that term it would be for Ons Shabur. Yeah. I, I love the fact that she never gets irritated about being asked about it again. You know, she got asked about it on the court today about being kind of an inspiration and wanting to be uh, by Rishi, Rishi Passad and Yet again, her face just lights up. It's another opportunity for me to tell my story to this crowd and to whoever's watching. And ah, oh, well, she's just good news. She's just a good news tennis player in in the world of the sport. Ostapenko, incidentally, that you mentioned coming from a set down to an arena, Camelia Begu. I, I found that 
win quite significant for Ostapenko because she won when she wasn't playing her best, mm. which is not a thing I associate with Elena Ostapenko. I associate it her with if she's on, she wins. If she's not, it's a car crash. Um, and she, she, yeah, by the end, she was in a full flow, but it took her a long time to find it today. She, she had to hang tough quite a bit, I think. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I think that's, that's a warning sign. For, for anyone that has to play Elena Ostapenko. I very much enjoyed her answer to is is grass your favourite surface? And it was it's one of them. <laughs> She's fantastic. She plays uh, Tatiana Maria next to you on the Battle of the Marias. Yes, which shows up as Maria Sakkari on the mm. scoreboard. Um, always a fun one. We had that in Australia <laughs> this year as well. I think that could be a nightmare for Ostapenko because Tatiana Maria is slice off both wings. Mm. She's, it's she's, very nicolescu y Yeah, it is. It's, com- it's completely that. Look, we're we're going to have one of those. <laughs> we're going to have some of those return positions, aren't we, from Ostapenko, yep. oh, where she's yes. literally half volley and It's going to be fun. And look, that's a, it's a hell of a win for Tatiana Maria. She's into her first Grand Slam last 16. Uh, it's her first top 10 win in three years. Um, it's a really big moment in her career today, beating Sakari. Incidentally, just uh, while we're on a Stepenko, her outfit is off-white ever so slightly. Yes, I thought that. A cricket vibe to it. Yeah, and look, I'm fine with it. Obviously, you know, I've spoken pretty openly about how I, th- I, I think the all-white rules should be modified to, to accommodate... Um, the the pressure and uncomfortable situation that puts women in but let's put that to one side and accept the all-white policy which explicitly states that cream and off-white are not permitted i think it's item number two in the in the clothing manual right um and it's definitely off-white isn't it apparently i i I learned this on the five live coverage david you're obviously listening closely to (laughs) to your colleagues um (laughs) apparently everybody it's not a question of oh i'll wear it and see if anyone notices everybody's outfit gets checked before they play you have to sort of get approval for what you Mm. step out on court in so it's it's past it's past the checks but and I, i don't if if any of the um clothing police are listening please don't apprehend Yelena Ostapenko. No one. (laughs) No one's taking on Yelena Ostapenko. It's not what I'm appealing for. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, is it just that they're afraid to take on Yelena Ostapenko? (laughs) And if so, understandable. (laughs) Because they took on Federer once, didn't they? They He came out with orange soles on his shoes. And then in round two, he he had white white soles. Mm. That was the year he lost to Stokowski, wasn't it? He, He won with the orange soles in round one, changed them and went out in round two fantastic niche Federer knowledge there um, Marie Buzkova scored a, a low key upset she beat Alison Risk Amritraj in news that is not good news for my predictions nor mine nor mine mm, nobody saw that coming she seems I don't have loads to say about Marie Buzkova which is perhaps unfair but she's she's a really nice player there's nothing in particular that stands out about her and yes, she's an absolutely lovely player, a good doubles player as well. I just don't have anything mm. to, to say, oh, look out for the Buzkova insert shot yes. feature here. Well, I, 
and I'm not much help to you because I thought she was already out of the tournament, but that was apparently <laughs> Mihaela Bozanescu. Mm, um, so. Different person. Yeah. No, Buskova threw to the fourth round of a slam for the first time at the expense of Alison Risk and Retrage, um, who will be gutted with that, I think, because her year revolves around Wimbledon. Um, and she'll play Caroline Garcia, who's backed up the, um, the Emirati Kanu win. Yeah, I'm glad she backed up that up, really, yeah. from her, for her sake. And just, just generally that kind of credibility thing. You know, you win a, you win a big one against a, a name, uh, a US Open champion, and then you, you don't want them to just go away meekly, do you, and not, not back it up. And just a reminder as well that of what we saw Garcia do back in 2017 and 2018 when she was having that mm. run to the, the, the WTA finals and... and should have maybe been more than she has since then. Mm. At least that's how it felt she would be. Well, as I, as I said to Matt when we were watching her beat Emma Adekanu the other day, I, I, I was sort of processing and analysing it as it was happening before our eyes, and I said, mm, well, she is a role player, isn't she? She's a player that gets on a role. And then we both sort of paused, and we were clearly having the same thought, and Matt said, mm, yeah, you mean that one time she went on a roll? <laughs> Five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yes, I, I do mean that, Matt. I if, do. If you've done it, it was, once, you can do it again. It was a heck of a roll. It's an unbelievable roll. She won, didn't she win Wuhan and Beijing back-to-back? Yeah. And then she played the WTA finals and she had a run in that as well. Yeah. So, has, has been a role player. Let's see how far her role can take her. Uh, now, the final fourth-round matchup that was... Uh, decided today will feature Julian Niemeyer uh, the German uh, who beat uh, Lesia Serenko today and she will face Heather Watson who at 30 years old and in her 42nd Grand Slam main draw tournament she is through to the second week for the very first time she beat Kai Yuvan today who's more than half her ranking at the moment Kai Yuvan 7-6 6-2 failed to serve it out at 5-love in the second set and it you know as much of a cushion as she had in the scoreline it started to feel dicey at that point but she she reined it in somehow got that set served it out the next time of asking and it was absolute scenes when she won really lovely scenes I was listening on the radio when that match was going on and uh, you mentioned at five love I've just seen a, a service game that has given me the wobbles you know on her behalf and and then I started to listen to that to the commentary and you could tell that all the contributors on on five live have seen this story before with Heather Watson or something similar where she's had a good lead and it's all gone wrong and everybody's got their hearts in the mouths but you know she got there good honor it was amazing it was a real amazing moment of joy her her mum was watching her I think she's kind oh, of Mama everyone's Watson. one of everyone's favorite tennis mums um, and what I find so interesting about this is that it seems completely unexpected that it's now that Heather Watson should reach round four of a slam. And look, I know she's had a good draw. She's taken advantage of that. I think in her previous round three, she'd faced Azarenko and Radvansko and Serena. This was a this was a better draw. But coming into this tournament, she'd had a hamstring issue. And it kind of just goes to show. It was just a classic Grand Slam story, really, that a player who's been around, who you've maybe thought that their chance has gone 
any given week can pop up and mm. do the thing that they've been waiting to do for seven, ten years. And I just find that amazing that that, that that can happen. And I think Heather Watson really appreciated that and just got everything out of that moment that she'd been kind of dreaming of for so long. It was, it, it was, it was really special. And if you'll allow us to put our, our British hats on for just a moment, I love that. I mean, I, I think even the non-British would, would say that you know any tournament is is better for having home representation oh, yeah. in it. You know, it. It applies to World Cups. It applies to in every sport. I think totally. And I, I love the I love that the Brits are doing doing well, having a great tournament here. And it's not the ones you expected. Yeah. It's the it's the low key ones and the you know the quirky stories and and the stories that that don't often grab the column inches. And, and I love that. I love the the depth of stories available because they'll, you know, Andy Murray and Emma Raducanu aren't going anywhere anytime soon, particularly Raducanu. But there's space, there's space for for more than, well, than just them. I mean, not for Simon Briggs, obviously. <laughs> Still writing about Emma Raducanu. I think. I mean, they are delighted though down there in the press room that they've got these yeah. these other stories to to get their teeth into. Yeah, you know, look, I know people like to give the press a stick, but they want. They want the British players to do well. It's in their interest, and actually, I mean, they, you know, they're, they're British people as well. From a, from that perspective, they want to see it happen. Mm. Um, but I, I, we've had enough years. We've had so many years where players have not risen to the moment and gone beyond what you expect of them necessarily. And and for them to do it here, and several of them, is really cool. Here, here. So Heather Watson through to the fourth round at Wimbledon and she will face Jula Niemeyer of Germany. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're talking there from a British perspective about stories. This is a really interesting story for German tennis, German women's tennis in particular, because you've got that whole generation of Kerber, Lesicki, Gerges, Petkovic, and then some, some you know, lesser names like Maria and... Um, Siegmund. Siegmund and Mona Bartel. You know, all these players in their 30s, they've had nobody since, pretty much. And now they've got Neymar, who's 22. She was a really good junior, but has had shoulder surgery since breaking through as a junior. And she's had to totally reconstruct her serve, interestingly. I was speaking to Yannick Schneider, freelance German writer who's here he was telling me this and yeah she sort of showed everyone a glimpse of what she could do when she qualified in at Roland Garros barely dropping games and she's taken it to Wimbledon here and yeah she meets meets Heather Watson it's it's an opportunity for both of them they've played once already this year and Heather Watson won 7-6 in the third oh, in Monterey just imagine the scenes mm. there's going to be some heavy arms in that aren't there I mean, yeah. there's so much on the line um, what a prospect, though. Love, I mean, sports at its best when it matters. I always say that, and that that's going to be the match of both of their lives by, by far. I love on, it. On Middle Sunday. On Middle <laughs> Sunday. We've got Middle Saturday to come before that, and this is the schedule. Centre Court starts one thirty with Coco Goff against Amanda Anisimova. Yes, please. That is followed by Paola Bedosa up against Petra Kvitova. And finally, Lorenzo Sonigo. Uh, facing Rafael Nadal number one court uh, Liam Brody gets an outing there he faces Alex de Menor. then it's Igor Svantec against Elise Cornet which I think could be the match of the day uh, and Nick Kyrgios against Stefanos Tsitsipas 
is the final match on court one. And it's court two for Katie Bolter, first up at 11am against Harmony Tan. Then it's Gasquet against van der Zanschulp and Halep against Magdalena Freck. And court three is Gareen Brooksby, Taylor Fritz is on there, Pagula Martic. Court 12 has got... Tom Lianovic, Krejcikova, Nakashima as well, uh, Jack day, Sock, Jason Kubler on 18, and Jung Chin Wen uh, against Elena Rabakina is also on court 18. Do we, a, a few people, um, unhappy with that schedule, particularly Brits on Katie Bolter's behalf? Um, I personally feel that's a very, uh, a very understandable, but a very Brit-centric take i think perhaps she could have been on court one yeah i think i'm a bit i'm surprised she's not i'm I'm surprised she's not on either of them personally possibly but then you know she has already been on center and then you're knocking off uh either kvitova or sviontek or Or goff anisimova or or you're putting four women's matches and, and two men's matches across the two show courts which you know they could do um but honestly, I, I don't think that order of play is controversial, really. No. I, mean, I, think, I think I agree. Generally speaking, I just think it's a cracking it, order of play. It's the best so far. I mean, it it, is. You know, it's that, brilliant. That reads like almost like a manic Monday. Mm. When you were even going through to Elena Rabakina against uh, Zheng Chinwen, you know, that, that's a mm. really interesting yeah. match. There are going to be it's, matches it's here. It's got real depth. We're not going to see some matches that sound great, you know. Um, but I, I just feel as though... That we're at that stage of the tournament where Bolter had a breakthrough moment, and I, th- I kind of, I'm, I kind of would have ridden that wave and just, just, the, I think if you, if you did a bit of a survey, I think probably the crowd would have gone for that ahead of one or two of the others, just, just because they love to see the Brit, um, in 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 Britain. But um, you know, I'm, it's not. It's no big deal. Uh, it will be easier for her to get dedicated airtime though, because court two starts at eleven a.m. Yeah, and then the number one doesn't start till one. It's a weekend until one thirty. You know? So eleven a.m. on a Saturday, she'll get all the UK's attention. It'll be a great atmosphere on that court. Yeah. You know, it's not always the best atmosphere because it's an it's an all ticketed court, and I think people still use it to go and wander. But yeah. I think. For that one, people will be there and ready. I don't know about the 11 a.m. start, whether that might impact anything, but I suspect it'll probably be just bouncing. Agreed. And and cool. Well, I think we're in for a cracking Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Could it be a bit warmer? <laughs> Wouldn't mind that. Don't think it is tomorrow, Catherine. Is I think it's going to get warm okay. next week, but I think I'll tomorrow tomorrow's 19 degrees from little, what I saw. A little bit chilly up here, but we managed not to get rained on, though, so I will take that as a win. And it is supposed to get hotter over the course of next week. So, um, as the sun sets over Wimbledon, and uh, Jamie Murray and Venus Williams are well underway on court number one. Setting What's happening a break over up. Setting a break up. We like it. We like it. Would anybody like to make any bold predictions about tomorrow? Last chance now. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Kyrgios Sitsipas. Well, I, I, I went Sitsipas at the start of the tournament and I'm going to stick with it. I will stick with Kyrgios, who I said at the start of the tournament. My bold prediction is in the newsletter. Oh, Ooh. and if you don't already subscribe to the newsletter, 
shame on you you can put that right the link to do so is in our show notes if you'd like to become a friend of the pod the link to do that is in the show notes you can get a shout out you can get an intro um and you can just be a friend and get access to to all the lovely benefits uh, that comes with that we have our wimbledon mascot willow lovely willow the cavalier king charles spaniel david has his mascot darwin we got to win darwin I've got mine, Carter. We did not get a win. Matt has got the dearly departed Geralds. Got a win. Oh. What did you get? Tommy Paul. Mm-hmm. Billie Jean is back in the house mm. and she is sponsored by Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss. The reunion with, with Matt did not disappoint earlier. It was lovely scenes. Yes, she ran a long way across... Mm. Uh, she galloped. Outside Catherine's house. Carl <laughs> Weingartner and Chris Albert Lee are our executive producers and top blokes and we have shout outs Matt for Neil Loosely in East Sussex alright Neil that's, that's your neck of the woods Matt not far yeah mm. West Sussex is mine mm. I mean the, I meant the Sussexes broadly yeah, yeah. same like, church different pew like Neil Skupski who's had such a great run all year mm. yes Although this is with an I, oh. E-I. Okay. Like, like my dad. Like hey. Neil Roberts. Magnificent. Hello, Neil. Hello to both Neils. Yeah. He's, he's going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your support. Uh, we also have Ian Smith in Scarborough. Right, Ian. Hello, Ian. Not a lot of tennis Ians. Hmm. I know an Ian golfer. I don't know an Ian tennis player. Ian Baker Finch is who I'm thinking from the golf world. Has there ever been a Ian game? Poulter? Ian, yeah, mm. okay. Ian. Uh, tennis? Can't think of one. Anyway, we've got a friend. You're unique, Ian. You're a unique Ian in the tennis world. Mm. Thank you very much for your support all the way from Take Scarborough. Take up tennis. <laughs> you can be one. And we also have Michelle Fenlon, who is in Virginia. Oh. And I'm told by lots of people that there's also an Alexandria in Virginia. Yesterday we had Alexandria, which we thought might be Egypt. Perhaps more likely it's Alexandria <laughs> in Virginia. Oh, well, I didn't know either of them, so... Mm. Michelle. Well, it could be back-to-back Virginias. Mm. Mm. Good. Thanks, Hello, Michelle. Michelle. Not sure there are many tennis Michelles either, are Michelle there? Michelle de Brito. Oh, oh, my. He has plucked that out. Wow. That's wow. A, that's, that's a mic drop moment. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that name for about 15 years. <laughs> Michelle, thank you ever so much for your support and for giving us that splendid Matt Roberts mic drop moment. Uh, we'll be back on what, um, unless it disappoints, which it surely won't, is set to be a stonking middle Saturday at Wimbledon. And of course, we'll have a daily podcast after it. So join us then. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.